0: Hi, I'm Andrew. Welcome to the Reviewer 2 Dose Duo Engineering podcast. For a long time, I've wanted to get somebody on the show who's named after a smart meter. And today we've got Ingrid Smet. So, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I believe that you're here to talk to us about what is probably the most tedious CDR method available, which is enhanced weathering. It's like watching paint dry but slower, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Thanks very much for the invite, Andrew. Yes, actually, that's a very good comparison you just made there. Maybe it's even okay. like you know, watching Antarctic ice melt. That's actually even slower.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of enhanced weathering, not because it's exciting or interesting, because obviously it isn't, but because it's it goes down the energy gradient, so it kind of does itself, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So
0: I always think it's important to ground what we do in a bit of earth science. So do you want to talk to us about the the rock cycle, so that that you can We can start by grounding this in a a real solid geochemical understanding of why enhanced weathering is a thing and why people should care about it, because there is actually a, a very good reason. It's not just a randomly selected technique, is it? There's a very good geophysical reason why we get involved in all of this enhanced weathering nonsense.
1: Yes, exactly. Actually, enhanced weathering is based on a natural process. So I think everybody knows. And let me guess,
0: it's enhanced, isn't (laughs) it? Exactly. It's a natural process. And and let me guess, one other guess, one other guess. The process you're basing on is weathering, Right.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly. So,
0: wow, I'm really good at this.
1: <laughs> That's it, you're an expert now. Yeah, so you have, in nature, you have rock weathering. Everybody knows that mountains are being formed, um, but also broken down, right? So due to the weather, you know, like freezing, defrosting, I'm also rivers that go through rocks, which is physical breakdown of the rocks.
0: Oh, well, well, hang on, hang on. We're, you're taking a few jumps here. So yeah, people understand that mountains are physically broken down, right? Mm-hmm. So... You get, for example, frost shattering or mm-hmm, erosion mm-hmm. from the passage of animals over the land. There are mm-hmm. a lot of physical processes, but exactly. talk me through the geochemistry exactly. of the rock that, cycle. So you that, have, you have, enhanced weathering mainly works on silicate rocks, right?
1: Yes. Actually. Okay. So what it,
0: what is a sil- what is a silicate rock? So a typical a typical mineral within a silicate rock would be what?
1: Quartz, obviously, which is silicium dioxide.
0: Okay. However, so silicon dioxide would be. Uh, what's the chemical formula for that? SiO two. SiO two. So it's a silicon yeah. atom, two two oxygens, and that's the the core mineral of quartz. Now I always yeah. get very confused with with rocks because they have loads of. I think it's called they're called allomorphs, aren't they? Is that right? What What do you call them? Is it allomorphs? We have the same chemical mm. formula, but they form radically different rocks.
1: No, it's about minerals. It's. They have diff- they can have the same chemical formula but they can have different crystal shapes you know like calcite yes, that's what and I mean. aragonite yeah what?
0: yeah but aren't they aren't those called allomorphs so you've got the same chemistry ah, uh, yes. the same chemical formula yeah that's yeah, an allomorph sorry sorry
1: yeah I, I didn't re- yes yes I didn't recognize uh, yeah that how how you were saying it exactly yes
0: okay right so you've got different allomorphs so you can have the same chemical formula but fundamentally, what you've got, so you've got building block minerals here, and, and you're saying that quartz is you know one an example of one of those minerals, and that is SiO2. But what yes. are other common, because I think it's important to go down to the basic chemistry, right? So what yes, are other yes. common silicate minerals that we might find around?
1: Okay, so actually SiO2 is the most basic one, quartz. However, this yeah. one is not really good for weathering. It's very Why? slow. because the calcium magnesium silicates are the ones that are going to weather the fastest, in general.
0: What's the what's the kind of base formula for a calcium and magnesium silicate? Um,
1: a calcium a magnesium silicate could be magnesium iron. It's um, of course olivine.
0: So, so explain to me how that works. So so SiO two. So you have got so uh, from a basic chemistry point of view. So the so s- silicon is a what's the what's the name of the type? It's like a they're like kind of halfway house elements. They're they're not they're not metals, are they? Silicon's not metal. No. So but it's but it's not over the other side of the because peri- there's yeah. a whole stuff like that in the middle of the periodic table. What's the proper name for the stuff in the middle of the per- periodic table?
1: I can't remember that one. Should have to look it no. up
0: for you. <laughs> That's really poor. Like we both neither of us can remember high school <laughs> yeah, chemistry. That's terrible. Tough. Absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. But basically well let me don't explain why I'm asking right so mm-hmm. the you've got so silicon oxide or silicon dioxide, yeah. right? Mm-hmm you've got the silicon and it's reacting with a non-metal, it's oxidised, right? So, and then you're taking, you're saying that the calcium silicate would be a metal ion, and then it would be reacting with with silicon as well. But are you saying that the silicon is oxidised to form a silicon iron that is then bound to the the, um, metal cation?
1: Well, I'm not sure... Basically, so, what's the formula
0: for the, for the for the calcium silicates? What is it? Is it is it CaSiO4? Is that right?
1: It, okay. it can be Ca2SiO4. It can also be. It can actually be different different numbers. For example, the one that's mostly known is wollastonite. It's, you know, used a lot, for example, in Canada, they have, they have it. It's one of the really good minerals also for enhanced weathering. And that one has a chemical formula, which is c- calcium SiO3. So, I mean, from a chemical point of view, it's not so easy to predict or to say, you know, it's an oxygen that's going to react with a metal or not. Basically, silicates are minerals where you have silica and, and, and oxygen and Usually it's tetrahedra. You've got one silicon with a silicium atom with four oxygens around it. And then depending on, you know, um
0: physical... That's, kind of, that's kind of like... So it's kind of like the carbonate iron and you've got yes a, a co- covalently bonded structure which is yeah. which has to be ionized and that's why you need your cation yes. to accompany it. So you get a crystal yeah. lattice where you yeah. get your positive and negatively yes. charged things that exactly. they fit together yeah. and they chum up because they've got opposite charges right yeah. and then when you're when you're weathering this stuff then mm-hmm. you're combining it with carbon dioxide so i imagine that you're going to end up with a carbonate of some kind so exactly what, what happens then what's the actual chemical process that goes through does the carbon dioxide sort of shuffle up and join this chummy mm-hmm. little uh love in between the two no. opposite charge ions, or does it knock out the silicon or what how does it work fundamentally? well
1: it's fundamentally it's It's a a chemical dissolution. So the thing is that your your carbon dioxide that you want to remove is going to react with water. So you always need water also in the enhanced weathering. And it's going to make a weak acid, carbonic acid. And when this carbonic acid is being formed, there is like uh, thermodynamically also the energy, the potential, at the same time to break down the calcium or magnesium silicate that you have. So then you end up with a carbonate um like yeah hide well, carbonate or bicarbonate and ion so a negative
0: new form of carbon to the, what happens to the silic the silicate
1: the silicate um is going to get into a form of the weak um silicium acid that you have and the magnesium or the calcium is going to be a free cation positive ion
0: okay you're going to have to run that one past me again i didn't fully understand that so you, you end up with, so you start off with carbonic acid and then you mm-hmm. end up what with silicic acid. So you're replacing, mm-hmm. so you're, 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 it's like a displacement reaction. So mm-hmm. you're, 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 what happens with the silicic acid? Where does that go?
1: The silicic acid, it can again break down. The same can happen with the, with the carbonate. It can also form again new, like it can form c- silicium, quartz. Plants also take it up. So it really depends in what kind of, a chemical environment it is
0: uh, what you were saying so before about don't you have to have a an alkali to neutralize that before it can become quartz I mean, mm-hmm. what i'm trying to understand is where mm-hmm. where where it goes at the end of the process so you've because i understand that you weather these mm-hmm. silicate rocks but what mm-hmm. i don't understand is what the <laughs> effect on the general chemistry is and exactly how that process happened and you seem as good a person to ask as any. So
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, I think that what you're just um, touching upon there is like one of the big questions and because it it happens, you know, with chemistry, it's not just having the reagents there. It also depends on the pressure, the temperature and what's already in the environment, you know, like the pH. So when you weather, the silicium acid that is formed is going to be of course uh, going to be how do you say it neutralized in part by the calcium 2 plus so the new cation that you formed that's a positive one um, and also the hydrogen positive that it formed and then it can go down in the in the in the water in the rainwater in the groundwater and it's actually difficult to know exactly what's going to happen. So
0: your end, so your end result is that you end mm-hmm. up with a silicic acid and a carbonate. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Well, silicic acid is, okay. but it, it's not. You know, it's 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 not neutral one. It's also being dissociated.
0: Okay, but it doesn't I mean do, I've heard of carbon dioxide removal described as an acid disposal problem. Mm-hmm. Doesn't your silicic acid then end up wandering around and causing trouble elsewhere, or not?
1: No no it doesn't uh, because so why, i mean
0: why, why geochemically do we worry about carbon dioxide but we don't worry about silicic acid why, why is that not a problem
1: because i mean okay we worry about carbon dioxide because it's in the atmosphere and it's causing global warming as we all know yeah. it's heating up the planet whereas silicic acid it's a it's a very it's it's a very weak acid, and it's a natural thing it's it's made in nature it's not like you have purely made for example nitric acid that you would have in a lab or hydrofluoric acid which is really dangerous stuff there are many also organic acids that the roots of plants for example will form or bacteria so there are actually many acids out there in nature but they are very weak and the definition, not a problem. A
0: weak acid, the, the definition of a weak acid is it doesn't fully dissociate so it doesn't mm-hmm. protonate mm-hmm. and that's why it can be used in acid-based buffers right mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to look that up when I'm not wasting everyone's time on the podcast because my embarrassing <laughs> chemistry is not something I'm going to hold everybody up with. The thing I wanted to get to the core of is the rock cycle, the chemistry of the rock cycle. So you've got this silicate weathering process, but that silicate has to be regenerated at some point. And the reason that's all interesting is because the silicate rock cycle, as far as I understand, has quite an important role in geologic time in regulating the global climate. So as I understand it, you get a constant production of, um, carbon dioxide and silicate rock from volcanoes and then carbon dioxide causes um global warming mm-hmm. and then you have global environment where mm-hmm. the if the temperature of the world is hotter then that carbon dioxide will then react the silicate rocks and chemically erode them and the faster that well that that process happens faster in hotter conditions and therefore mm-hmm. if you you have a negative feedback. And on, on geological yeah. timescales, that's the fundamental control on exactly. the temperature, right?
1: Yes. For the last at least couple of millions of years, the more or less stable amount of CO2 that we have in the atmosphere was thanks due to this sort of negative feedback system of natural... You say rock it's only weathering.
0: a couple of million years, but I thought that operated on a process that was... Billions of years. No, no, the pro-
1: yeah, the, the process has been going on for 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 billions of years, indeed. But we had, as everybody knows, we had different climates. You know, we had different amounts of CO two in in the atmosphere throughout the history of the Earth. Okay. And the one that we want to keep now, the one that is getting out of hand, but that we want to try and and maintain, is the one that we had in the last couple of, let's say, a few millions of years. This is yeah. So that, the, is the stability that the cat- field.
0: But well, is that the Quaternary c- epoch, and then? Get all my geological points I was confused. So we're in the quaternary, and you know, we're in the Holocene, mm-hmm. which is part of the Quaternary, yeah. right? Mm-hmm, is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah. I think we're in the oh. Anthropocene now, actually, as we are, you know, we started a new era with mankind. You know, people will in the future, if anybody survives <laughs> climate change and they'll dig up the earth, instead of finding fossils, they'll find our iPhones. So yeah, they call it the Anthropocene now. We have like a started officially yeah. new
0: era. But well, yeah, what... I thought I think that's still not completely settled yet, isn't it? I mean, I think they're, the, mm-hmm. the, quite recently, as far as I recall, they've mm-hmm. been looking for some strata that determine the start of the Anthropocene. And there've been a couple of bays and things where they've been taking cores that allow you to find all of the different so the the um the isotopes from the nuclear bomb tests in the 1950s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are one of the things that made a difference and then yeah. you've got there are yeah. other strata that have occurred as well like the laying down microplastics and things like that and i, I can't remember the detail but i think that they've actually yeah. formally yeah. sort of applied to have certain cores recognized as being yeah definitive on the start of the Anthropocene. So we now actually yeah, yeah. are moving to the stage of formally defining the Anthropocene in terms of not only what we're looking for geologically, but actually here is the specific core that shows
1: the right Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah. Right. I mean Anthropocene, it's not, it's not yet officially acknowledged. It's it's officially still the Holocene, but I guess, you know, Belong once, yeah, once, yeah, once they will agree on, the, yeah. Once they agree on exactly, so we
0: are in the Anthropocene, we just haven't agreed the start date and everything yet. But we
1: haven't agreed yet from what time it will be, yeah.
0: Okay, so t- take me back to the, the rock okay. cycle because that, that's fundamental yeah, to no, no, weathering, it's, and
1: it's really oh, fundamental, my,
0: yeah. So, so how if when you when you what's the reverse process of silicate weathering? That's the bit I don't understand, right? So, you've got these silicate rocks and they they weather and they become carbonate rocks. So I think that some carbonates also contain silicon and some don't. Is that correct?
1: Well it's <laughs> difficult and the beautiful thing about geology is that you can't put the rocks in boxes but yes some rocks can have you can
0: put the rocks in boxes literally what geologists do all the time
1: literally you can but uh, when you try to you know like it's nature when you try to well even with plants it's more clear what is one species or what's another with rocks you have like a continuum you know you have like end yeah let's say we call it literally you know like a series we've got end members like a fully a fully calcite rock which we call a limestone and a fully sandstone rock or a quartzite but then you can have sedimentary Rocks where you have both uh, carbonate yeah, okay. and
0: silicates. Let, I mean, I'm I'm using rocks as a shorthand for minerals, but our, so our the no. minerals are the chemicals that make Please up the rocks, right? It's,
1: yes, it's a very okay,
0: it's, it's a schoolboy era. It's the sort of thing that you get chalk thrown at you in in Yeah, school, yeah. Right?
1: sorry. Also, within within our enhanced Bedroom group, I am the uh, the mineralogist the geologist and I keep telling them don't please don't confuse rock and mineral. So a mineral is throw a lot of stuff at your colour. No, I I, I, I can't because stuff. I can't because we're all working, you know, in different parts of, the, of of Europe. So I can't, but I could have done it a okay. few times. <laughs> like, you know, for right. okay. virtual so, things.
0: So, so when I've so when when I've got my when I've got my mineral, the most of a rock, so you can have some chemicals or some ionic lattices to give them their proper name that contain mm-hmm. both calcium and silicon. Si- silicon oh, yeah, ions, sure. kind, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, sure, yeah. fundamentally, what I don't understand about the rock cycle is the regeneration process. How do I, if I I get my silicon, my silicate, my silicate rock weathers to carbonate, right? So you have got a chemical process by which I'm adding in carbon dioxide, which may or may not fully replace the silica. It, no, what? it does
1: not replace the silica. It's a different type of rocks. So either you have, okay, I'll let let me try to to get a handle on this. So. Silicate minerals, right, are minerals which are based on silicium and and, and, ox- and oxygen and can have aluminium and metals in there. They are formed from lava, from volcanic eruptions, you know. So this is the birth
0: process. They're igneous ha- rocks, right? So they come directly yes. from being formed from the magnet, Yes. yeah?
1: Yes, yes, igneous rocks, which can be both Formed like a depth if the magma is not reaching the surface of the earth you know it will cool down slowly and crystallize big like you know the that's granites
0: an, you have that's an igneous intrusion right
1: exactly yes
0: perfect okay right and
1: when a magma reaches the surface of the earth we call it
0: lava because we like to be difficult
1: and then it and cools so my very understanding fast.
0: Is an opportunity for a little diversion here so i a lot of a lot of people think, well, oh, there's magma coming out of volcanoes, and therefore the inside of the Earth must be full of magma. But that's not actually quite true. No, no, no. It's very important the, what you're saying there. Yeah. So I, um, I got this confused for a very long time because, like, when you – everyone – the phase transition we're all familiar with from solid to liquid is ice mm-hmm. melting. But ice exactly. is really weird because it's bigger when it's solid than it is when it's liquid. Yes. And so normally what happens under the pressure of the Earth – Mm-hmm. because things get smaller when they're solos when you squish the lava down it re-solidifies as opposed to melting when you squish it which is what water ice does right mm-hmm. or yeah. water ice at the pressures that we're used to yeah on earth right mm-hmm. so the magma is liquid surface but it's not actually liquid underneath it's more like a a kind of like a very very stiff treacle right like a no
1: i'm sorry no <laughs> i'm sorry no in the mantle of the earth, right? So we have got the top layer where we have our oceans and our mountains on. Below that, we have the mantle, which is hundreds of kilometers thick. This is where the magma comes from. But the mantle is actually a, a full hard rock. Um, if you would look up a peridotite on, on Google, you will see photographs of mostly olivine-rich rock. So you know, rock that is made up mostly of the mineral olivine. So it's not like a stiff trickle. You know, it's crystallized. The mantle is hundred percent crystallized. It's it's a rock like like you know, on the surface of the earth, we can find them with really nice, beautiful crystals
0: okay, so in how there. Does it, how does it flow? Because the rock still flows yeah, I underneath. I know.
1: I so know. This you, is a very this so is a very typical. It's a very difficult uh, concept. The top layer of this solid rock. Uh, we call the asthenosphere, and this one is kind of ductile. Um, so it, is it,
0: that the same as the mantle? Then is the asthenosphere it's part, part of the a mantle?
1: Top, it's a top part of
0: the mantle. Right? Okay. It's a top. The ma- I was yes. going to mention that, but I thought I was going to mention it wrong, so I thought I'd shut <laughs> no, up.
1: No, 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 no worries. It's a top part of the mantle on which we have our crusts. You know, our oceans and our mountains. You know, they're sort of drifting on it. You know, it's a difficult concept because the How can you
0: drift on a crystal? That
1: Exactly. Well, it's not one crystal you could look at it as um there exists this sort of what do you call it this um, um i'm sorry i'm thinking of, you know sort of the sticky things that you can roll into a bowl. and then you know you, you can take Bogus. a piece off to yeah you can p- take a piece off to put things on the wall can't find the name now but if you leave Lutac. them yeah, something like that. If you leave it, you know, in a ball, I did it when I was doing my PhD, I left the ball of it, you know, next to my computer. And over time, it really slowly sort of seems to melt. But I'm speaking months. So it's a solid thing. But somehow, if you if you give it a lot of time, it's really, really very, very, very slowly moving. And that's kind of the, the gla-
0: Glasses do that, don't they? Where like you get, like, don't glasses flow in similar ways? Um, like they, they say they're creep. It's called creep. Yeah, you get creep.
1: Ah, uh, yes, yeah. You could see something like this. I mean, the mantle is solid. It's made up of minerals, but the top but, part...
0: But, so Yeah, but the, what I'm saying, so this is really important to understand, right? So what you're saying is that, so you can have a crystal lattice, right? But the crystal mm-hmm. lattice deforms. And, mm-hmm. and what, yes. what's happening is that you're getting these bonds that are kind of shuffling around as mm-hmm. the crystal is put under strain. And mm-hmm. then, so you move the you move an atom, and then it becomes nearer, a new neighbor than it was near its old neighbor and then it rebonds with that mm-hmm. new neighbor and that's that's crystalline creep so you can have something that's both creeping and a crystal at the same time is that correct uh, remembering a little bit of i was yes. really really stoned for most of university right so i did some material science but i was mainly like stoned <laughs> over so it's a to bit honest, of a strange to remember
1: yeah no to be honest i never i never looked so much in detail on exactly the atom base never looked down to the atom scale of how this would work. I just said, okay, right, people okay. figured it out. But I think it must be something like this. Like it is a solid, but give it a lot of time. It's also kind of kind of like, you know, like moving, you know? I mean, yeah. when we look at solids, we look at them right now for one or two or three or four minutes, you know, we're talking here about years, decades, hundreds yeah, yeah, of yeah. years. Know. You know, with time, things time. can move, yeah. Yeah, so you
0: can have fluid flow even in something which is a crystalline solid, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of quite yes. mind-blowing. It's like it
1: is, it is you know,
0: having a diamond that sort of flows onto the floor right, over a period of thousands of years. Like it's really hard to kind of get your head around what happens at these incredible <laughs> pressures that we have inside the earth. Mm. But anyway, we're massively so, off topic now. But, I know. but the key question I want to understand You <laughs> should start a geology podcast. <laughs> well, you know, we just the way I look at it is like I get the opportunity to get like experts in the field to come on, and and I ask them all the stupid schoolboy questions that I haven't no understood because somebody else with 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 on the podcast probably hasn't been paying attention because they were also stoned in university yeah. or they did history or something stupid like that and they didn't learn mm-hmm. anything. And uh, that my stupid questions will inform other other listeners that we have. So the key thing I want to understand is. In order to regulate the climate, this, this silicate rock cycle has mm-hmm. to regenerate. And I've never understood the regeneration step. So how does the okay. carbonate rock get turned back into silicate at the end of the process?
1: Okay, it doesn't really get turned back into silicate. Let, let me try. It's it's a big concept, right? Let me try to explain it as short and clearly as possible. Okay, so give give me a few minutes. We have the mantle which has silicate rocks, mostly magnesium, iron, silicate rocks, right? Olivine is, a ve- um, is one of the minerals in there. Keep in mind,
0: olivine. So, sorry, just as a, just as an aside, so you say that you've got rocks in the mantle. So yeah. is, the, is it a rock when it is in the mantle or is it a, or is it a mineral? Because no, 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 no. So it's okay. still a rock in the mantle. No, no, no.
1: Let's go even one step further back. A mineral is a solid, that has a specific chemical formula and a specific crystal form so glass is not a, it's not a mineral because it doesn't have a crystal form right and rock is made up out of one or multiple minerals so this is a really important difference you know so all the rocks on the earth you know and in the mantle they are made up out of different
0: minerals yeah that's what i was asking so what yeah. what, what just would clarify that is mm-hmm. it's still a rock when it's in the mantle. It's yes, not, yes, it yes. It's, okay, so it can be a rock at the surface, and you can, but it still yes, remains it, a rock when it's in the mantle. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We only give a different name for the magma and the lava. You know, we, we stopped there. We thought we'd draw the line there.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so the magma is just low-pressure melty stuff at the surface, but when it's high-pressure, it goes back to being a crystal, right? So it has to be hot. And-
1: yes. What What happens... The mantle, the minerals in the mantle rock at high pressure, high, high temperature, they are solid. But when there is changes in the pressure and or the temperature, you know, they will start to melt. They melt at 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers depth. So it's like when you have your ice cube at, at certain pressure, certain temperature, it will remain ice.
0: Um, basically, the lava goes runny when it's low pressure and when it's under pressure as it is under the earth. Because the solid form occupies a lower volume than the liquid form, the increased pressure causes it to go solid even when it's at high temperature, right?
1: Kind of. You know, you have a rock and if in one zone of that rock you have a difference in chemistry or temperature or pressure, it will start to melt there. Like you have an ice cube which will be ice solid form in a certain temperature and pressure but if you increase the pressure or if you lower the temperature it will start to melt now the rock does not have to come up to the surface to melt the rock is in the mantle at 10 20 kilometers depth but when there are changes in the temperature and and the pressure of the mantle you know because it's it's things are moving in there we have plate tectonics when the temperature and or the chemistry or the pressure changes then this mantle rock with olive vine will melt yeah it has a lower density the magma that is formed has a lower density than the rock and that's why it's coming up to the earth now to the surface
0: now okay the magma has to melt and then the pressure can be part of why the magma melts right yes yeah yeah yeah. okay well the rock
1: Um, melts and becomes a magma the magma doesn't melt the magma is molten already
0: okay right but so what what, why did you get these big balls of magma underneath the earth? So you get um, places like um, calderas that have got, uh, you've got huge, like under Yellowstone, you've got this huge area of molten rock. Mm-hmm, is Lower pressure or higher temperature or what, what causes that magma chamber?
1: Wow, this really is getting a podcast on, uh, on, on plate tectonics. I know.
0: Uh, let me explain. Let me explain why I think it's important. And I know I'm massive with the to- topic here. A lot of the stuff is very, on this subject is very, very narrow. But what this all comes down to is enhanced weathering is about manipulating the rock cycle and loads and loads of people produce material and talk about enhanced weathering Mm -hmm. and it's very specific application. Mm -hmm. But many people, I mean, I've got an A-level in geography, right? So I've done rock cycle. I've done material science as part of my engineering degree. And Mm -hmm. I genuinely don't understand the rock cycle. I really don't understand it. And I'm sure if I don't understand it, there are lots of other people who don't understand it too. And that's why I think it's important to get a really okay. good understanding of the well, cycle that you're manipulating, because otherwise yep. you only half understand the subject, right?
1: Yes, but there are there are two things that we're mixing up now. Well, the first thing we need to talk about is plate tectonics. Um, If you want to know why there is like... a for example, a huge amount of magma underneath Yellowstone or other volcanoes, then we have to talk about plate tectonics first. Um, in order to talk about the rock cycle, I do not really have to talk about plate tectonics until the end. Um, but would you like me to introduce plate tectonics?
0: Well, I, mean, I think most people have got a, a crude understanding of plate tectonics. So you've got macroscopic fluid flows in the uh, in the subsurface, of, right? So you've got this deformation of these the rocks that are under the earth. And they're thermally driven from heat that mm-hmm. comes up from the Earth's core. Mm-hmm. And so you have fluid flows over very, very long periods of time, which force got the continental cratons, which have been stable for billions of years. But then you've got the uh, predominantly basaltic ocean floors, which turn over over a much shorter time scale and they're being continually cycled. And where you've got subduction zones at the edge of continents, you've mm-hmm. got like the ring of fire around mm-hmm. the yeah, Pacific yeah, ocean yeah. so you've got active seduction and you've got active volcanoes right so i think most people are familiar with that kind of concept what what the question i want to return to because mm-hmm. i still don't have a, an answer in my head is what is regenerating these weathered silicate rocks how is the how does that all fit together from a geological point of view the weathered silicate rocks so when you, when you weather silicate rocks your enhanced yes. weathering is, is enhancing yep. weathering mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and then to have the rock cycle, it's not like we run out of silicate rocks and then we've kind of used up the whole planet and that's it. We no. don't get any more. No. Okay. So, how,
1: so yes.
0: how does it get re- regenerated? The, at the
1: end? Yeah. OK, so the start, let, let me, the start of the rock cycle is the magma comes to the surface of the earth. It becomes a lava and it becomes a fresh new igneous rock. Okay, this rock is sitting out in that atmospheric conditions, and it has okay. olivine in there, right?
0: But is the volcanoes it? also eject carbon dioxide, and the carbon dioxide has been ripped out of the silicate rock. No, no once, it's, the, once once the rocks weathered, so you get the cut. The carbonates get subducted; they get heated and compressed. Yes, and mm-hmm. there must be some process which then allows that carbon dioxide to become liberated from that rock, so that yes. it then becomes mobile the, in the atmosphere. Yeah. So, what is the process that That that's the bit I've never understood. It's the other (laughs) half of the rock cycle. So how does the carbon dioxide come out of the rock of the carbonate and regenerate that silicate rock at the end of the rock cycle? Do
1: you think that the listeners have the first part of the of the sediment cycle understood now? Maybe we should tell them the first part before we go straight to the last part. So we I just formed from a volcano. The volcano, yeah, you're right, exhumes CO2, it blows out CO2, and it makes an olivine a Magnesium silicate mineral. The CO2 from the volcano combines with water from the air or from the ground and it will break down this olivine, this magnesium silicate mineral. When this is broken down, we get magnesium cations, magnesium 2, plus. we get our weak silicic acid and we get our carbonates bicarbonates. So now the CO2 is a carbonate. Carbonates will travel through groundwater, rivers, eventually they enter into the ocean. And in the ocean, the carbonate that used to be our CO2 in the air, it will make new crystals, it make new bonds with, for example, calcium or magnesium. And then you have carbonate minerals. These carbonate minerals make a limestone. So we have on the bottom of our seas oceans, we have comp- compaction or, or like a, a lot of these um, limestones, but CO2 from the air can now also maybe become the carbonate of a seashell. Yeah. and. As this goes through through time time time, you have this big package of calcium calcite or calcium minerals carbonate minerals sorry carbonate minerals. They get pressured, they become a limestone, and then at the edge of a subduction zone, as we were speaking before, it gets pushed into the mantle. You know, you have a subduction zone where one plate goes underneath another one. So the plate that goes down is mostly an oceanic one. It has all this limestone. These carbonate rocks on top
0: of it. So, so, the reason it goes down is because it's a basaltic dominate, it's a basaltic rock It's dominated by slightly denser minerals than the granitic yes. rock. And so, it, the, yes, gr- yes. the granite cratons basically float, although although they're floating yes. on a solid, yes, yes, yes. but yeah. that it's a it's a it's a basically a hydrostatic yes. pressure effect, so Archimedes' yes. principle effect, right? Yes. buoyancy, driven. yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, the the, the oceans are all, the crust of the ocean is all made of basalt, which has a higher density than the continental crust. You know, like the Himalayas, the density of the rock in the Himalayas is lower than the density of the rocks at the The bottom. The
0: Himalaya mountain range, yeah?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the rocks, yeah. So if you have this really dense ocean rock, this basalt, and on top of that, you've been putting calcite or carbonate minerals, you know, that were formed from the erosion of your. Uh, silicate minerals, then this will be dragged down together with the heavier basalts. You're just lying on top of it, if you s- see what I mean. Okay. Um, so you've
0: got a sediment, so you've got a sediment in the ocean that's overlying
1: yes, exactly, um, basaltic yes. rock, yes, right? Yes, so it's, yes,
0: a, yes. it's a so what chemically, what is a basaltic rock?
1: A basaltic rock. <laughs> chemically it's it's many different things. Um it's got a lot of it's got silicium and Oxygen, magnesium, iron, but well, well what uh, makes aluminium it a basaltic
0: rock? What okay. What's the mineral distinction between a basaltic and a granitic rock?
1: Um it's not a mineral distinction, it's a chemical distinction. So a basaltic rock is a rock that has less than I think about forty five weight percent silicium dioxide, and it will have higher amounts of magnesium and iron. Whereas so that's a-, a
0: basalt, the basalt has that, yeah. right?
1: Yes, yes. And a granitic rock will have more than 65% silicium dioxide. So it has a lot of more silicium and it has less iron, magnesium or potassium and sodium. That's also why it's lighter.
0: Okay. So basically the granitic rocks have a lot of quartz mineral in a, them, right? Yes, yes, they do. They do. Okay.
1: And right. the basalt and, would not have
0: any quartz. That makes mineral. them lighter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you're subducting. So you, you yeah. you've got a mixture of minerals. So you're subducting these sediments that they right. essentially concrete before they get subducted, but they get subducted and, and so you're taking down carbonate minerals yeah. into the rock, into the mantle. Mm-hmm. And then is it, is it heat then causes the carbon yes. dioxide to become dissociated?
1: Exactly. The yeah. okay, so it's the regeneration the,
0: the, the, process. Okay. So the regeneration process happens, but it happens in the, in the, in the solid earth, right? It doesn't happen at the surface. It happens no. after subduction, right? Yes. Yes. So, yes. um, so that uh, that results in in the regeneration that's carbon dioxide then is liberating you can come out in a volcano and then you you have this that's how the rock cycle occurs yeah, it's rock cycle. so yeah. okay right it, it takes a very long time to get around to, to doing that and we've had all sorts of interesting diversions but that's really good so what, what you're fundamentally doing here is that is you're taking rocks your mm-hmm. enhanced weathering as a discipline is taking these silicate rocks are more similar to the um, the basalts yes uh, uh and so hang on so it's so- didn't you say that the granitic rocks tend to contain more quartz type minerals? But is it that the quartz type minerals in the granitic rocks are not very prone to weathering? So the basaltic yes,
1: yes, exactly. silicates so are much more exactly much
0: more prone to weathering,
1: yes. right? Yes, yes.
0: Okay. Yes. So the, the, so the silicate the silicate and the basaltic rock, although the granitic rocks have more silica, it's more tightly bound in mm-hmm. the iron lattice mm-hmm. and therefore isn't as prone to being Yeah. It will take longer. And from,
1: yeah, yeah. In the end, everything will weather, but it will take longer.
0: It will take much longer. Okay. It's,
1: it has less less potential, let's say. Yeah. So, so basically...
0: What you're doing is you're taking these silicate minerals and you want ones that are more reactive. Yep. You expose them to carbon dioxide in the air, but you have to crush them or take ones that are already crushed in some way If mm-hmm. give them more surface area to react. Then they react as a combination of temperature, the presence of water... The exposure to air and obviously if you've got silty type sediments they might be quite anoxic because you're not getting a lot of uh, air penetrating into mm-hmm. those rocks and you're not getting the carbon dioxide mm-hmm. in and then you've got the surface area effect as well of how crushed the rock is how powdery it is yeah. and there's a trade-off because sometimes you might have rocks that are super super crushed really powdery silts but they form things that are almost like pastes that you yeah. can't get any air into, like if you think of it like a, a mineral paste, so if you've got like kind of clay that you use for, that they use in cosmetics, those clays are highly impermeable. So it doesn't really matter how small the particles are, you can't get any air into a clay and mm-hmm. therefore they don't tend to weather very quickly, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so you want something it- that's grainy, but not so grainy that you haven't got much for surface area. You want it to be wet you want it to be hot and then you can weather it and you get your silicates turn into carbonates and then you're sort of starting that rock cycle the weathering component of that rock cycle and then in millions or billions of years those rocks will then be dissociated after humans have evolved into whatever we evolve into next and then you're kind of that's regenerating so on a geological time scale you kind of have this burst of carbon dioxide chemically removed it from the atmosphere using these basic mm-hmm. rocks and then in millions of years we generate and in a billion years or so you wouldn't ever even know it happened right mm-hmm. that's fundamentally the process you're talking about yes
1: yes can i recap just just quickly so what happens in nature at every year one gigaton more or less of co2 is removed from the atmosphere through this natural process uh, rocks with the magnesium, calcium, silicate, minerals inside react with water and CO2. And the CO2 gets changed into carbonates, which eventually can end up in the ocean and they become limestones. And the the calcium and the magnesium cations are also released and they help against ocean alkalinization. Now, the one gigaton per year has, of course, been out of balance. I mean, this was the natural cycle of the planet Earth to keep our climate more or less stable. But as we are at the moment putting out about 40 gigatons of CO2 per year, you can see that, you know, we kind of can't do it on its own anymore. So the idea of an hand times sweating,
0: faster than...
1: Exactly, yeah. would need, right? Exactly, yes. So the thing is that we want to use this, this natural process that's already going on everywhere, like just as a background, and make it faster. So yeah. how do you make it faster? Think about crushing... Think about a big block of ice or crushed ice. The crushed ice will melt faster, obviously. So we want to crush the rocks, so there is more contact surface area.
0: Yeah, because it's uh, a sur- it's a surface process, right?
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It happens on the on the on the on the surface. Yeah. The next thing is is you want to bring it in the right environment. Uh, you know, it's a chemical reaction. You know, so certain chemical reactions they go faster at higher temperatures. So it's the same for enhanced weathering, or sorry, for weathering. So the dissolution of these silicate minerals, they happen faster at higher temperatures. And then as with any chemical reaction that you write down, the more of the reagents you have, you know, on the left side of the arrows, the more it will happen, this reaction. Yeah,
0: so, so, so in your particular case, you need a lot of the silicates, because rocks have varying amounts of silicates, mm-hmm. but you also need a lot of CO2. To, and exactly, if and got, water. If you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but if you've got this is where the 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 packing comes in. So if you've got very densely packed yes, silt,s yeah. then you can't get the CO two in, and if you've got a very dry environment, yeah. then and that's a nice segue into your experiment, isn't it? Because you're you're dealing with a drier environment, right?
1: Exactly. Yes.